official launch day, amen? Oh, come on. You ought to be excited about that. We've been meeting for over a year, and this is the day that we've been preparing for and getting excited for. We know that there are still people on their way. Praise God. We were joking. You know, we usually meet at 930, and praise God, it wasn't raining at 930. So if you got here at 930, you didn't get rained on, amen? <laughs> but praise God, we're not going to let a little rain dampen anything, amen? Because we know that God has done way too much for us, amen, through his son, Jesus Christ. So we are excited that you are here. We ask that you just relax yourself. We ask that you have a great time. We've got some great things planned for you this morning. Uh, our praise team has been preparing. They've been praying. I, I, I have to brag on them just a little bit because I always can feel the presence of God when they are ministering to us. And so I just encourage you not to be a spectator today, but I want you to get caught up in that anointing. Amen. Truly, this is a day that the Lord has made and that we should rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Pastor Edwin Strickland. Praise God for you. I am so happy to get the opportunity to pastor such a wonderful group of people. One of the things that we have said time and time and time again is that we consider ourselves to be on this journey together. That it's not a us and you or you and us, but we are literally on this journey together. That we are striving to be better every single day. We believe at this church, part of our vision and our mission is that we believe that we are a church teaching people how to walk in love how to live by faith, that they may experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And we believe that God didn't call us to be on the bottom. We believe God called us to be on top. We don't believe that God called us to be the, the, to be the borrower, but God called us to be the lender. Amen. We believe that God called us to be blessed going in and to be blessed going out. We believe that God told us to be blessed in the city and to be blessed in the field. We believe that God told us to be blessed on our jobs or whether we're stay-at-home parents. Amen. We believe that the blessing has the ability to empower us to do everything God's called us to do with a supernatural advantage. Amen. That's why Jesus died, that we might have a supernatural natural advantage. I'm so excited to also get to pastor along with my beautiful wife, Pastor Sean Strickland. Come on, Pastor Sean, if you'll stand for just a minute, let everybody see who you are. Hallelujah. We're excited because you don't just get one pastor here, you get two pastors, amen? And truly, we believe that it's a calling that God has called us for together. Uh, there are certain things that uh, she is gifted in that I am not. There are certain areas I'm gifted in and, and, and she's not as gifted in. And praise God, God brings us together and allows us to minister to the whole man, soul, body, and spirit. Amen. And so this morning, I just encourage you to just get excited. One of the things we do at our church is that we, we have a lot of what people call call and response. So if you're new this morning, uh, it may seem a little different to you, but we believe that God gave us the ability to be speaking beings. And that as speaking beings, he's given us the ability to speak those things that he has said in his word that they may come to pass. Anybody believe that this morning? And so this morning, we're going to begin with prayer. Pastor Sean's going to come and she's going to pray with us and for us. And then she's going to lead us in confessions. And after she does that, one of the things that we ask you to do is we ask you to stand during our confession time. And the reason we ask you to do that is because we believe that there's a posture that winners have. Amen. And one of the things that we believe that winners have is that when they say something, they believe what they say. 
They're not thinking whether it's going to come to pass. They're not hoping whether it's going to come to pass. But believers know that when they speak, they speak with the authority of God. And when you speak with the authority of God, it gives you a confidence to know that what you're saying or what you're praying will come to pass in your life. Amen. And so I'm just declaring blessings over each and every one of you. We'll have a time in our service this morning where we'll get a chance to fellowship a little bit and greet each other. But as we get ready to go into our service, I just want you to get excited about what Jesus has done for you. I mean, truly, this is a day that, that, that many people didn't get a chance to see. Even just on last night, they didn't get a chance to pass over and see what today was going to be. But you're here, and you're here for a purpose, and you ought to give God praise like you're here for a purpose. Amen? So Pastor Sean's going to come. She's going to lead us in praise. You may have to come on this side, Pastor Sean. That, that side's difficult to get up on. Um, we've got some wires and stuff over there. If you want me to help you up, I can help you up. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Good morning. How y'all doing? Come on, stand to your feet. Let's pray. I don't know about you, but I'm blessed. I am so thankful to be redeemed. Anybody else in here glad to be redeemed? You could be a lot of things, but you are redeemed. Amen. And so we're going to just pray this morning, just give God some praise. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you got some breath, let me hear you praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but we're excited. We've been waiting on this moment for a long, long time to be here in this place at this season doing this thing. And we are a church that teaches people how to walk in love live by faith, and experience God's prosperity. We believe that if you, right, in every area of life, my bad. We believe that if you learn how to walk in love, you will overcome all the challenges of the enemy. If you learn how to walk in faith, you will be able to release what God wants in your life. And the combining of those two things will cause you to prosper and be in health in every area of your life. And that is what God wants for you. Romans 8 and 32 tells us that if he gave his only son for us, how will he not with him freely give us all things turn it to your neighbor say God is not withholding any good thing from you so if he told you to leave it alone it must not be good see that'll help some of you break up with them booze you shouldn't be with right there all right Listen, we just have a good time here. We just love the Lord. We're going to pray, and then we're going to make our confessions. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We give you praise and thanksgiving, God. We thank you for the opportunity to recognize this day as the resurrection of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that Jesus went to the cross. And we thank you that he went to hell and defeated powers and principalities, God. And we thank you that he got up on the third day with all power in his hands, equipping us to live free. God, we thank you that we are not bound, but we are free in you. We thank you that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And God, we just give you praise with much thanksgiving. We bless your holy name. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and feel this service, God. Touch every person in the name of Jesus. Any person that may be bound with any type of depression or pain or hurt this morning God we pray that your presence and your power would release in this place and cause your people to live free it is our expectation that anytime we come into your presence that lives are changed it is our expectation right now that lives will be changed 
I just want you to take a second and I want you to pray. You don't even have to know the person next to you, but just pray for the person next to you because you don't know what God desires to do in their life. You don't know what big breakthrough is coming for them. And I just believe the Bible, it says that if any two come as touching and agreeing, that he will be in the midst. And so we lift up the brother on our right, call them blessed and highly favored in the name of Jesus. And we break any curse over their life in the name of Jesus. And we call them free from every addiction and depression and oppression and sickness in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that we are the redeemed. And we declare right now that if there is anybody in here that doesn't know you, we claim them for the kingdom right now. We pray that your love will overflow on them and that they will know without a shadow of doubt that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Now we're going to make our confessions and I know that all of y'all don't know me, but I'm going to tell you a little bit how, how this thing works. Listen, the Bible says that you are satisfied by the fruit of your lips. And the most powerful thing that you will ever say is the word of God that you say, not the word of God you hear someone else say. And that's why it's so important for you to speak the word over your life day in and day out. And here's the thing. I read the end of the book. That's not cliche. We won. Did anybody else read the end of the book? You don't even have to read all the revelations. Just go to the end, to the last verse. We win. And so if you own, a, I, I, any people in here who competitive, if I got any competitors in here, lift your hands up. Any competitors. I know all the FOC people competitive. Anybody in here got a favorite team? You know that when your team is playing, you are not sitting passively by. There is a position that winners take. So when we declare the word of God, we are saying that we are winners, not because we're so smart, not because we're so educated, not because we make such good choices, but because Jesus is Lord. So we're going to make three confessions this morning. The first two are about comfort zone. How many of you know that you cannot be a champion living in your comfort zone? Amen. Aren't you glad that Jesus got out of his comfort zone and went to the cross? As Jesus is in the world, so are we. You may never have to be crucified on the cross. I pray that you don't. Amen. But you will have to come out of your comfort zone and, and carry the cross that God has ordained you to, which is to make an impact in the world. Say, I am called to make an impact. Say, I am not average and I am not mediocre. I come from a great God. Therefore, it is his desire for me to experience his greatness in the earth. I am a carrier of the presence of God. That means there is no situation that is bigger than me. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I boldly declare that I am a winner, baby. I don't know what kind of church you came from. Maybe your church be sad every Sunday. Maybe your church always waiting to see what God go do. But we read the end of the book here and we believe that we win. Amen. 
Let's make our confession. Say, I will exceed the boundaries of ordinary. When God asks me to step outside of my comfort zone, I will be faithful and obedient. I know that God has equipped me to do everything he has called me to do. I will lean on the Lord more and more. The Lord is the source of my strength and my joy. He is my God. I choose to put all my trust in the Lord. Be afraid. And when I have done all that you have called me to do, and while I am doing all that you have called me to do, I will praise you. Hallelujah. I fully acknowledge that all of my success only comes from the Lord. Now I want you to high five two, two people. Tell them, say, I know you look good, but your success come from the Lord. I know you're real smart, but your success come from the Lord. I know you, I know. Amen. All right. Confession two. It's another comfort zone confession. Say, I am open to what you are doing. I do not want to be the same. There is freedom in going all the way with you. Take me out of my comfort zone to a new level. Take me to new. Reactivate in me a fresh focus and a divine strategy regarding your will for my life and for the church. I release every limitation that has kept me bound and I openly receive the direction of the Holy Spirit I will remain steadfast as you shake me mold me and take me to new places and new levels in you the plan you have for me far exceeds Anything that I could ever do on my own. Let's say that one again. Let's say that one again. Because you know when you got smart people together, smart people sometimes think they plan better than the Lord. So we're going to say that one again, right? Say the plan you have for me. It far exceeds anything I could ever do on my own. As this new season begins, I release the past. And embrace the unknown, trusting you every step of the way. Thank you, God, for preparing me to be a better vessel so that I can become and receive all that you have planned. As it is on earth, as it is in heaven, I submit to letting go of my own will and my own agenda to be fully used by God Almighty. Amen. That's the kind of stuff you got to say to yourself every day. 
I choose to follow God no matter what. I choose to trust God no matter what. I choose to trust that his plan is bigger than my plan. Amen. Our last comp- Thank you, Lord, for giving me victory through you. I thank you, Jesus, that I am free and I am no longer in bondage to anyone or anything. I am not a victim, but I am a victor. I am free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I am not stuck in my life, but I am growing in God. I am moving and I am changing. And I allow the word to transform me. I am free to grow in God. And I am growing in him every day. According to the word, I declare that I am free from all generational curses known and unknown I am not destined to repeat the past of my family now somebody ought to praise the Lord for that I am not destined to repeat the past of my family amen I have received a blood transfusion that allows me to live another life It doesn't matter what I come from. It matters what I've been born into. Amen. I am free from witchcraft, psychic powers, and soul ties. I release every person that should not be in my life. People are like, oh, Lord, I didn't mean to say that. Amen. I am free from fear. Anxiety, stress, and worry. I am free from all mental and emotional bondage and baggage, such as depression, oppression, grief, guilt, and brokenheartedness. I receive the healing of the Lord for my soul. I am free. From all unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, hatred, and self-unforgiveness, and unforgiveness for those living or dead, I choose to release anyone from anything that would hold me in unforgiveness. Amen. We almost done. We almost done. See, and when you forgive for unforgive, when you free yourself from unforgiveness, now you can be free from some of this stuff right here. Say, I declare in the name of Jesus, I am free from fatigue, tiredness, insomnia, and well-doing. I am free from all addictions. I am free from all addictions including food substance abuse and sexual I will not self-destructive amen I am free from sexual problems 
impurities. I keep my mind pure. I am free from spirits of infirmity, sickness, and disease. I am free from spirits of premature death, accident, and suicide. I will live and fulfill God's plan for my life. The blood of Jesus declares my life will not be cut short. Hallelujah. I am free from stubbornness. I will not fight against the Lord's instruction. Hallelujah. Amen. I am free from all poverty, lack, and debt. I declare that God has made the wisdom available for me to live above financial struggle. I am free from all strongholds and bondages in my life. And I call for a restoration of everything the enemy stole from me. Because the Bible tells me that when the enemy is exposed, that repayment belongs to me. So I have an expectation that everything that the devil took from me from somebody else's ignorance or my own ignorance that in the name of Jesus it shall return to me 100 fold and because I believe that when I pray I receive whatsoever I say I praise him now hallelujah Come on and open your mouth if you're praising the Lord for the word that you just spoke over your life. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on and shout. Hallelujah. We're going to take about 50 seconds to give God a shout of praise for what God has done and what he's kept us from. One, two, three, praise the Lord. Come on, don't stop praising the name of Jesus. Come on, he's been a good God. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. He's a white maker. Hallelujah. I don't know what y'all came to do. But I came to give God a praise like I've never given it, given it before. Because he deserves it. Death couldn't hold him down. The hell couldn't keep him in the grave. He got up. So I could get up again. Come on, tell your neighbor, he got up. So I could get up again. You're no longer bound. Tell another neighbor, he got up. So I can live again. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. He got up so I could get up again. He got up so I could be free. He got up so that I can walk in everything that he has called me to. We're not sad this morning. We're happy. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. 
this is a praising ministry. If you come, if you're wondering, what is FOC about? We're about live praise and worship, Amen. authentic praise and worship Amen. that we want to touch the heart of Jesus so that lives can be saved. Amen. So if you walked in here on a cane, you wouldn't leave out here with a cane. Well, what's their praise and worship about? They don't have no choir. We got a praise team. Everybody, y'all are choir. So your participation is important this morning. Amen. Amen. Did did anybody come bound? You may not raise your hand, but you you may be shy or ashamed, but this is the place where God dwells, and everything that you could ever need is in this house right now. So before we even start to sing, I want you to lift your your hands. It's a a posture that we're we're in. We're we're saying, God, have your way. This isn't, oh, whatever. This is have your way, Jesus. We don't have an agenda, God. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. Hallelujah. We declare freedom in this house. We declare victory in this house. We declare healing in this house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on and clap your hands if you love Jesus. Hallelujah. I love one thing about I love. I love FOC. I love my pastors because they allow us to be who we are in God. And what we are, we are winners. Say, I'm a winner. Say, I'm not. I'm unstoppable. Hallelujah. As we minister these songs, we ask that you join in with us. We have so much space, even this area. You know, if you need to move around, take your shoes off. I'm sure I'm going to get out of my shoes. Hallelujah. We just ask that you would join in with us. And I want you to shout. If, you're, if God has called you and you're saying that you're his, come on, just say, Lord, I'm yours. Every, every part of me, I, I'm giving it to you this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands if you believe that you belong to God. Hallelujah. God, we worship you, we adore you, we magnify you, we bow down before you today, God. We belong to you, Lord. We belong to you. Your song flow through my lips. Your thoughts live in my mind. Your thoughts stay on my mind. Living in me. Your song flow through my lips. Your word move through my hands. Your thoughts stay on my mind. So live in me. And you can have all of me. Have all of me.
Lord, move to my Your Lord, stay on my Your Lord, stay on my mind. Live in me. Your song flow through my Your song flow through my Your word move through my Your word move through my Your Lord, stay on my Your Lord, stay on my mind. Live in me. You can have all. You can have all of me. Have all of me. Have all of me. Lord, have all of me.
faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk above the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. Where my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would come. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. 
you feel your faith rising in the presence of my Savior. But I'm telling you, God loves to hear your voice. The Bible says that he inhabits the praise of his people. 
It's a wonderful thing for us to be able to come together and share on Resurrection Sunday and to say that we belong to the Most High God. That in spite of all of our shortcomings, in spite of all of our missteps, in spite of the fact that there are times in our lives, if you're honest, that you can say we walked away from God. We disobeyed, willfully disobeyed his directions, but God never left us. And the moment that we found ourselves in trouble, the moment we found ourselves perplexed, the moment we found ourselves about to go under, we opened up our mouths and we called out to God. And the Bible says that like when the enemy came in, that like a flood, God rushed in to get us. Somebody ought to give God some praise this morning. Somebody ought to be thankful that God has been so consistent in your life. I know it's the time in our service where we typically get into fellowship and we're going to do that. But I'm going to tell you as I'm sitting there, as I'm standing there when we're in praise and worship. And one of the reasons I never, ever talk to Chris about the songs they're going to sing because I trust the Holy Ghost in her. I trust the Holy Ghost in our praise team not to sing songs but to minister. And as I was standing there and as they began to sing those songs, both of those songs about belonging to God, God reminded me of a word he spoke almost two years ago. My wife and I were facing a dilemma. We had to make a decision whether we were going to continue with the ministry in Conway, Arkansas, or if we were going to step out and do what God said and bring the ministry here. And I, I, and I have to tell you that, that when God began to say that, I had some questions. How many of you know, if you're honest, there are times in your life you'll question God? The God will give you something, but our intellect causes us to question whether or not we really should be doing a thing. And I remember when God said it was time to bring the ministry here, the first thought I had was, what about the people we forge relationships with? What about the people who I consider my spiritual children who live in central Arkansas? What about them, God? And then God reminded me about the fact that there was a promise he had made, that there were some people he was going to restore us to. There were some people, praise God, there were some people that God had not forgot about who weren't in central Arkansas. And when they were singing that song and they were talking about God, let, let, let my faith be without borders. And how many of you know that sometimes God will ask you to do something, and as long as it's within your border, you don't mind doing it. But there are some times when God will ask you to walk outside the city gate. He'll ask you to go far beyond your borders. And so when I'm standing here this morning on this Easter Sunday, I'm looking at the people who I had relationship with in Conway. I'm looking, at my, I'm looking at my spiritual children who have been with us the whole journey. Driving two and a half hours every Sunday, back and forth, never missing a beat. It was never even a question for them about whether they were going to stay with us. And then I look around the room and I see friends of mine who years ago it seemed like relationships had been severed. I look back there and I see Jimmy Beasley back there. I look back there and I see Angel who's getting ready to lead our dance ministry. I look back there and I see Meek Dog back there. And I see people who I didn't know how God was going to restore, but God said, if you do it my way, not only will I restore what you lost, but I'll bring back what you have. 
And so you have to excuse me this morning if my, if my eyes tear up. Because what God is doing is God is showing me what happens when a man chooses to just believe God. Because in your life, there will be times that God will ask you to do something. And it, and it won't say, I don't even want to wipe them. I don't even want to wipe them. Because there will be times in your life that God will ask you to do something. And it will seem absolutely impossible. But if you'll be bold enough to trust God, if you will just walk out what God is telling you, I'm telling you it might not be easy, but you will get to live your dream. My wife is always preaching about living your dream. Part of my dream was to have a ministry, and I didn't care about how big it was, but a ministry where people left every time we met feeling like they could take over the world. And I look around the room this morning, and I'm so thankful for my sons and daughters. I'm so thankful for the restoration of relationships. But I'm also so thankful for people who don't even go to FOC and maybe never will, who thought enough of my wife and I to come out to service, some of them, their second service of the day. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. We appreciate you prayers. And I'm telling you, God's not done with FOC. As I was standing there, I heard the Lord say, this facility is not big enough for you. And my wife looked at me and she said, we can pack this room out every Sunday. I'm telling you, Northwest Arkansas has a lot of people who, they, they haven't given up on God. They're just sick and tired of church as usual. They're looking for something that's going to happen, that's going to be a tangible thing in their life that says, okay, now I see why trusting God is important. And I'm telling you, as we get ready to go further in the service this morning, I challenge you, I challenge you to let God heal you everywhere you hurt. Every place in your life that is hurting, every place, you don't even have to tell anybody. If you will just surrender it to God, God will rush into your life. He'll begin to heal you right where you are. Listen, I, I know we're going to get to the fellowship part, but I'm telling you right now, some of you have been hurt by your family. Some of you have been hurt by people who you never thought would betray you. And, and, and what the human mind does is it sets up a system so that you can never be hurt again. But if you don't allow God to heal that, not only do you keep everybody else out, but you also keep God out. There are areas in your life you won't let God into because you don't want to be disappointed. But God's not like your mother. God's not like your father. God's not like your best friend. God's not like your boss. God's not like your spouse. God's not like any human being you've ever met. God will never. You already came out this morning. You might as well this way. Just turn to your neighbor and just tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. Trust me, God will never hurt you. Now, come on, give them a high five, give them a hug. Let them know God will never hurt them. Come on, some people just need to know that. One of the things that, um, that we're, we've always committed to do is what we call, if you run a play in football and you have a play and you get in and you get to the line and you see it's not the right play, you can audible. So I'm calling an Omaha. That's what I'm calling and what I want to do is I want to pray for people who are the people that Pastor Edwin spoke about. 
And I'm not going to call you out and make you come to the altar because I don't want to embarrass you. I just, I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes. And if you're a person in this room and you're like, when he was talking about being hurt and disappointed and betrayed, even when he was talking about being a person who loves God, but I've given up on church. And, you know, here's the deal. You know, church is a lot like a relationship. When you get hurt in one relationship, you take that hurt into the next relationship. And if somebody does anything that even looks like the last relationship, it don't even have to be. It just reminds you then what you can do is that you can shrink back and push them away. And the truth of it is, but people are not. The anointing is perfect, and people are not. And I don't care how much I love you, I'm going to blow it sometimes. And I don't care how much I love you, I'm going to blow it sometimes. Because the anointing is perfect. But people are not. And if you're ever going to have to have, if you ever go have a healthy church family, you got to have two things. You got to have hurt people get healed to be able to facilitate healing. And I believe in one of the Lord that you can take me before I put my wall up. Because I'm not going to let you do me like the other people did me. But I'm saying to you that God wants to give you a new start today. What I sense from the Lord is that he wants to restore some of your faith in the church. Let me help you. The church ain't perfect because you in it. The church ain't perfect because I'm in it. This idea of having a perfect church, it don't exist. Here's what we say about our relationship is that you don't have to be perfect to be amazing. So a church can be amazing without being perfect. And I need to tell you this because some of you, this is your first time meeting us, and some of you, you go come back. But here's what I need you to know. We pretty dope, but we ain't perfect. And if you bring your hurt, then the very first time that somebody don't take your phone call, somebody don't speak when you come in, you go be like, this is just like my old church. It's not just like your old church. It's just indication that you need to be healed from your old wound. Yeah. Here's this thing, Kenosha Grigsby, one of my best friends in the world, this is something she says, and I live by this. She says, don't judge me by your interactions with other people. Because nobody wants to be judged that way, right? You don't want me to think that you're a raggedy church member because I done had a few, right? And I don't want you to think that we pastors out to get you because you done had a few, right? So if we're going to build something... It starts with all of us saying, well, the truth is, I may have some injuries. I may have some wounds. I may have had something that happened to me in Sunday school or something that happened when I got caught up in sin. Or people in my family who I thought really loved the Lord, they may have talked about me like a dog when I messed up. But today on Resurrection Sunday, how about I let all that go? How about I really make a new start? Like more than a new dress and some new shoes, how about a new start? Anybody down for that? Let's pray for that right now. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I always say this. I ask everybody to close your eyes. If you don't close your eyes, I'm going to call you out and feel like you want me to pray for you directly because you didn't close your eyes and follow instructions. Following instructions is important. So if you're one of those people and you're like, you know what, I can relate to there's some hurt I need to get rid of, just lift your hand up and put it back down. Hand up, put it back down. Hand up, put it back down. See, the Holy Spirit is so good. Hands all over the room. About half of the room went up. 
So, Father, we come and we pray right now. Father, there's a scripture that says that we can trade our sorrow for joy. That we can trade our grief for joy. And so right now in the name of Jesus, those of us who are strong, we intercede for the people that are hurting. We intercede for the people that have been disappointed by life and family and church, God. And we pray that this Sunday won't just be a regular Sunday, but it'll be a Sunday of newness for them. I pray today that walls will fall. I pray today that someone will have the courage to step out of the prison that they've been living in. I pray that someone will open up their heart to real relationships. I pray that even in marriages this morning, there will be a new connection, that there will be a forgiveness of past mistakes and injuries, and that there will be restoration. I pray for people who have father issues, God. I pray that they would know that you are the best father, and that whatever their father did is not because they are who they are, but because of who their father was. I pray for people who have mother issues. I speak healing and health to you in the name of Jesus. I speak restoration. I pray for those of you who've lost your mother and your father and there are things you can't make right, but that you would know that God will use your life to break the curse so it doesn't go further in your family. I speak life and peace. And most of all to you, I speak hope. I pray that pessimism and negativity would be broken off of your life. And that you would know this glorious hope that is in Christ Jesus that brings people to freedom. And so I want everybody, especially those of you who lifted your hands, as an act of your faith, I want you to take a deep breath. And then I want you to just blow out the junk. Blow it out. Some of you may need to do it twice. Blow out unforgiveness. Blow out conversations you could have had that you didn't have. Blow out disappointment. Blow out office. Blow out frustration. One more deep breath. Blow it out. And then here's what I want you to inhale this time. Inhale newness. Inhale joy. Inhale love and peace. Inhale hope and freedom. Some of you say, I don't feel any different. You know, when you first got saved, you didn't necessarily feel any different. And you say now, but you don't always feel it. We don't live by how we feel. We live by this decision we believe we just made right now that heaven honors. Amen? So now this is a perfect time to go into our fellowship time. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find two people in this room, just two, FOC people, because y'all know y'all, y'all fellowship. We call fellowship champ because we really like the fellowship, right? So find two people that you don't know. Don't go outside, <laughs> not in the hall. <laughs> Hug them, greet them, tell them that their life matters, and then make your way back to your seat. We so welcome you for being here. We love you so much.
hug on each other. I love that we speak to one another. The Bible says how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. things that I think is so awesome is that, you know, even when, and I teach children's church sometime here at our, our church, and I love it, and one of the things we were talking about is just how important it is that, that Christmas is a great time of year, because that's the birth of Jesus, but I mean, you know, that's just the beginning, that there had to be a death, and not only a death, but it had to be a resurrection, because if there was no resurrection, then there would be no forgiveness of sins for us, and so this morning, it gives me great pleasure and great honor to introduce to you our Fellowship of Champions Dance Ministry. Amen? Come on, put your hands together for them. I thought they were about to do it. We've been waiting a long time for this. Todd Trippin and Newbreed together. We have to come to Asia to do it. Oh, Father, we're so grateful that we can't run from your grace. Cause your grace is chasing me. Come on, your grace is yeah. chasing me down.
dance ministry. Hallelujah. I was watching them practice over the last couple of weeks, and I, and I love all of them, but, but I love how Momo be getting it back there in the back, though. She was getting it, wasn't she? <laughs> Amen. They, they worked really hard on that. I thank God for them being bold enough to get up and perform. It's not easy to perform in front of adults, amen? And so I thank God for them. We praise God for them. We're going to continue into our service. We're going to go back with praise and worship. Remember, they're not here uh, to, 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 to necessarily do praise and worship for us, but to lead us in praise and worship, amen? So open up your hearts for that. Amen. Go ahead and just praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glorify your name. By his stripes we are healed. By his nail we're free. By his blood washed clean now we have the victory power of sin is broken Jesus overcame it all he has won our freedom Jesus has won Oh! 
place. Get on your feet. He is alive. He is risen. We give you praise with much thanksgiving, God. We lift you up in this place. Nobody like you nowhere. We're so thankful for your resurrection power. Can you rock like this? Whoa, oh, 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 whoa, Jesus all the time. Yes. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. <laughs> you thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. 
So you sacrifice your life so I can be free, so I can be whole, and I can tell everyone I know. You thought I was worth saving. So you came. So you came and changed my life. You thought, you thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up. So you cleaned me up inside. For you thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life. So I can be free. So I can be whole. So I can tell everyone I know.
so good to me in spite of all the things I've done I want to tell you uh, I was my worst enemy and I was so ashamed to tell people that I had did 10 years incarcerated Arkansas Department of Corrections but God knew what it took for me to become the man I am today and he said he'll put no more on you than you can handle in many years, I saw, the, uh, saw guys going home in two, three years, and I said, God, why, don't, why can't I go? But it wasn't for me. My change was 10 years. My change. Hey! Hey! Thought I was. Thought I was worth keeping, Lord. You thought I was. Shame and change my life so I can be free. Yeah. So I can be free. Yes. You thought I was. By the what? You guys can take your seats for just a second. We're going to dismiss our kids for children for Victory Zone at this time. Victory Zone is what we call our children's church. Ages 2 and 5 are going to go with April. So if you have a 2 and 5-year-old, April is standing there, blue and white striped shirt. Raise your hand, April. Raise your hand. And then the older kids are going with 6 to 12 are going with Miss Tina. She has on a green shirt. She's standing back there. So if you have kids... They will have so much fun in children's church, and you will enjoy so much ser service, so much better, knowing that they are having fun, and you can hear with clarity. Amen? Amen. It's our opportunity for prosperity. I mean, at FOC, we give because Jesus gave to us. That's why we give. And we also give for, the, you know, there are so many promises around the word, but we give for a very practical reason. They didn't give us this room because we was cute. The reality of it is, is that it takes finances to run anything. Any organization that you're in, it takes finances to run to run it. We're really excited about something that's happening in our church. We've started a 20% challenge where we're challenging all of our partners to tithe 10% and then we're challenging them to save 10%. Amen? Because if you don't have savings, there are opportunities that God will present to you that you don't have the ability to take advantage of because you don't have any money. 
And so we're very thankful for the wisdom of Sertric, who is leading our church in getting debt-free and, and saving money and getting to the place to be free. Because the Bible says that we are to be the lender and not the borrower. And you can't be the lender and, the, and not the borrower if you're spending everything you got. But you know that God has a system set up for us to win. I love this. It says that if we give, it shall be given to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's Luke 6 and 38. It's one of my favorite scriptures because what it says to me is that nobody else gets to dictate my harvest. My boss can't stop me from increasing. My husband can't stop me from increasing. The color of my skin can't stop me from increasing. My gender can't stop me from increasing. If I partner with God, I will succeed. And God deeply cares about the church. He deeply cares that the church has the resources. And a lot of times people go, well, we want to be a blessing to the community. And we do want to be a blessing to the community. But one of the things that we believe at, at, at Fellowship of Champions is that the best way to be able to be a blessing to the community is to get the people in church in position. To be, to, you know, to we don't want to be a church that goes out and feeds 100 people and it's 50 people in our church that's hungry. Amen. We want to be a blessing. The Bible says in Jerusalem first. And then the uttermost parts of the world. And your financial giving allows us to take care of everything that we need to take care of for the ministry. But for those of us who are tithers, we just tithe because we believe. We've seen the harvest. You know, here's the thing. You know, somebody who's never encountered Jesus, you can't talk them into Jesus. But if you've ever been touched by him, they can't talk you out of him. Amen? And if anybody's ever seen the tithe and giving break through something in their life, can't nobody talk you out of it, right? If you've ever seen God come through when you know it wasn't enough, you know that when you budgeted there, it's just simply not enough. But somehow when you get through, it's more than you ever needed. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look back at the end of my giving, at my giving and my living, and I'm just like, I'm not even sure how we did that. And I go, but God, God did that. Amen. So we want to encourage all of our partners to give this morning. And if you're a visitor and you want to give, we encourage you to do the same thing. There are some offering envelopes. We ask you to fill them out. Why do we want you to fill out the offering envelope? We are not going to call you. We want you to fill out the offering envelope because it helps us keep financial records with integrity. We've actually had people who have been audited. And the people who didn't write their name on their giving, we can't just go back and assign you giving. But the people who did write their name, we were able to answer some questions for the state and the federal government real quickly for them. So we do it as a way to just be excellent and be in integrity. And so we ask you to fill out your information. Also, I want to tell you there are visitor cards. If you got a card and if you would like to be a partner of FOC, you think this is a church you want to be a part of, write it on the back that you want to be a partner. We're a growing church. We're going to see people's lives change. That's what we're committed to. I don't know about y'all, but I am just way... Um, too old to go to church for the sake of going to church. And if we're not going to have life transformation, we could just meet and have brunch. But I believe that the power of the Lord still changes lives. Amen. So we make a confession every week over our giving. And so we're going to make it. If you have your offering envelope and it's ready, could you go ahead and stand to your feet? Let's make our confession so we can move on with the next part of our service. How many of you love to give? One of the things I... The Bible says it's more blessed to give and to, than to receive. You know what that means? It's because it means you have something to give. It is more blessed to be able to distribute than to always have to receive. But there is a promise in 2 Corinthians that says that God is unwilling to do without a quick prompt to do giver. So what do you guys want them to do this morning? Are they 
They're going to walk up. Okay. So we're going to make our confession, and then you guys are going to walk up starting from the back. You're going to turn to the outside and go out, but let's make our confession first. We believe God for increase. How many of you believe in God for increase? Then you will love this confession right here. Amen. Say, as disciples of the living God, we honor our Heavenly Father by giving our tithes, offering, and gifts to be used in fulfilling the Great Commission. In return of our cheerful obedience, we believe that God will give us new businesses, growth for existing businesses, jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefit sales and commissions, favorable estates, in sta uh, states and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail. That's my favorite one. You see that's y'all favorite one too, right? Checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, and blessing and increase. I thank you, Father, that as I join, my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we want you to turn from the back. They're giving you instructions. Come around and bring your offering. God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm going to ask you to just stretch your hands this way. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who gave on today. We ask you for, to bless those who didn't give but had a heart to give. We ask that you will cause the, the seed that they gave on today to be multiplied back into their life. Not as they gave it, but as we receive it collectively. Let it go back into their lives some 100, some 160, 22,000 fold, God. Whatever you can do in their life, whatever they need, God, you do it for them. In the name of Jesus, we receive the harvest in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, go ahead and put your hands together real quick. Just give the Lord some praise. Amen. Well, one of the things that uh, we've, we've often uh, been a ministry who loves to laugh. Amen. How many of you love to laugh? Praise God. 
I told somebody that we were having a comedian to come on Resurrection Sunday. And they said, well, why would you have a comedian to come on, on, on Resurrection Sunday? Listen, we say this all the time. It's a sad thing the way they killed Jesus, but it's a victorious thing the way he got up. And so we focus on the getting up part rather than the going down part. And so since we're in victory, we like to have a good time. Amen. And so there's a comedian who's going to come and he's going to share with us uh, on today. His name is, is, is Nate Williams. And Nate and I, we go back uh, a ways. He's been grinding on his comedian thing for a while. Uh, and he's been getting better and better and better. And, and he's got a movie coming out. And so when I first reached out to him, I didn't even know if his schedule was even available. And, uh, and he actually had some things that he had to do last night. Uh, but because he's a friend of the ministry, uh, he made the decision to come on and be with us. So he drove up uh, from Central Arkansas early this morning to be with us. And so I'm going to ask you guys, if you would, to go ahead and put your hands together. And let's just go ahead and welcome the comedic genius of Nate Williams at this time, okay? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Something that can make you do wrong, make you do right. Yeah. Love Love and happiness Wait a minute, something going wrong Someone's on the phone Three o'clock in the morning, yeah. Talking about how she can make it right, yeah. yeah. Happiness is when you really feel good about somebody. There's nothing wrong being in love with someone, yeah. everyone doing? I know y'all don't know me, but you're about to. I am the great honorable reverend. Do no wrong. And I want to welcome you out to my church. New Saint Believers on Christ, the solid rock. I stand washed in the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed and made holy, never broken. Missionary Baptist Church. Down in my church, we don't give 10%, but 20. Yes, Lord, that's my deacon. 
20% so that I, I mean, so that you may receive a double blessing. I like to use this example. Ain't nothing like going to a McDonald's drive-thru with your neighbor. You get a cheeseburger, look over and see that your neighbor has gotten a double cheeseburger. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. I, won't double. I won't double. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Down in my church, we got to address some situations. Now, first of all, first of all, I want all my members to start recognizing the parking meters in front of the church. Sister Johnson thought those parking meters was a joke and got her car towed last week. When y'all see her, y'all let her know that Jesus did not pay it off. Yes, yes. To all you praise dancers. Praise dancers in the building. Yes. Please, please, please start wearing all black. To all the praise dancers with a nice silhouette. I lost two deacons last week. They decided to put their tithe money, and the girl didn't even have pockets, so you can own, imagine. <laughs> Is the singles ministry here? If you're single, raise your hand. Okay, everybody claiming somebody. All right. I see three singles in the back. Next Friday, the Reverend. We'll be taking you out to pick a rib Friday. <laughs> See, that go deep for the, for the Bible, folks. Pick a rib Friday. Yes. Yes. The Reb will be taking you down to Club Envy. <laughs> Please come prepared. I'm prepared. Yes, Lord. I want to give it up for your pastor, Mr. Strickland. Dang, do you love him? Stand to your feet for your pastor now. I got to give it up for him. And y'all don't even know why you clap. But when you hear it, you go love it. He became the most improved tither over the last month. I want to say thank you. <laughs> but to all you non-tithers, this is a problem that's been going on in my church for far too long. And I heard this message straight from God himself. So verily, verily, I say unto you. God told me himself to start putting the communion crackers and juice in the vending machines in front of the church. 
I know $8.11 is a lot. <laughs> and most machines don't take pennies. <laughs> so we need that nickel. Also, I want to give it up for my girlfriend back there in the black and whites. Y'all give it up for her. Look at her. You look at her. Yes. Yes. She drove a long way to be here because my wife couldn't make it. Yes, yes, just want to say thank you. Yes, last announcement, last announcement. I heard this message straight from God. So verily, verily, I say unto you. God told me himself to start charging $22 per altar call. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> also, Give it up for Mrs. Strickland. Y'all give it up for her, yes. Yes. That lady is powerful. 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 Powerful, Jesus. She's so powerful. But... She was part of the valet ministry. And she took a car a little too far away from the church. <laughs> now she came back with the bumper. But that's besides the point. <laughs> you have lost your church membership. <laughs> to new saint believers on Christ, the solid rock I stand washed in the blood of the Lamb, redeemed and made whole and never broken. Missionary, Baptist. We got to say it together. I don't like all of that. Missionary, Baptist. No, see? See? See, you're messing up. You got to go church. So you got to dig deep. Missionary, Baptist. Oh, Yes. Oh, yes. All right. That's enough with Reverend Do No Wrong. Y'all give it up, Reverend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here you go. These are fake. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. I know a lot of people. Hey, my name is Nate Williams. I was going to go all the way into it. I am a, a Christian comedian. I started out on the other side. 
I did. I was at the Looney Bean Comedy Club. Looney Bean Comedy Club. A woman, 65. I don't know what she was doing in the club in the first place. But she came up to me after a comedy show, and she said, baby, you'll be funny if you don't curse. I said, well, ma'am, I think I got to, you know, let a few fly here and there, you know. <laughs> she said, baby, just trust God. True story. Next month, I got booked for five churches. And just, it went from there. God took my career to a whole different level. He truly did. I became the first comedian to sell out the Looney Bin Comedy Club. I made history as that. Not only that, but the first successful gospel comedy show at the Looney Bin Comedy Club. Yeah. 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 So basically what I'm trying to tell y'all is I'm almost somebody. Almost. Almost somebody. So I love Christian comedy. I love it. I get to travel. I've worked with great comedians. I was with uh, D. Ray Davis last night. Um, I worked with Tommy Davison, J. Anthony Brown, Chris Tucker. You name it. I, I work with them. But they crazy. They really crazy. So I'm glad I had God on my side. Because them folks is crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm looking for a new church home. Trying to find a church home. Y'all don't move to church. Wait, where y'all at now? <laughs> Benville. Y'all here? <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I got up, <laughs> and I, I was like, God was like, you need to go to FOC. Now, they used to be in Conway. <laughs> so I got up. I'm driving. I'm like, yeah, something here to word. God want me to be at FOC. I pulled in that parking lot, and the sign was gone. The building was empty. I said, what is God doing? I called Nitra. I said, Nitra, where y'all at? She said, Benville, come on down. I said, well. <laughs> at that time, gas was like $4. <laughs> I said, they still got the internet ministry online? <laughs> I had to go online, man. <laughs> I got to get that word online. I got, somebody got to download me a CD or something. Then we on the <laughs> then see doing comedy, you get a lot of comedy traveling stories, just a bunch of stuff. So I got to fly for the first. I prayed to God. I, I was terrified of flying, seriously terrified of flying. I said, God, if I just want to fly one time just to get over my fear, and God was listening. The next week, I got booked in New York City, and I had to fly. Now, this is the problem with flying. First of all, if you're terrified, gas began to build up. <laughs> it really do. So I'm on this plane. Excuse my words, but my booty was tight. <laughs> and they put me on this plane with a woman in her early thousands. <laughs> she was in her early thousands like she knew Moses and all of them she walked the earth with the dinosaurs and everything 
And old people, they say stuff, you already terrified. I'm already terrified. But they just say stuff that just, you're just not supposed to say. So she was on the plane. I was nervous. So at that time, she was just started shaking. She said, baby? <laughs> if the plane go down, we going to be all right. I said, no, we not. <laughs> a plane just don't crash. And you get out and be like, yeah, golly. I said, you lived your life. <laughs> Don't put that on me now. <laughs> Don't put that on me. Then I get down to New York. I get down there. My mama stayed to call him. Hey, baby, put your, put your wallet in your front pocket. You know, parents, they, they be worried about you. I'm 30-something. I'm going to tell my age. I'm 30-something. My mama calling me like I'm 12. Put your money in your pocket. I'm like, yes, ma'am. So finally, I get down there, and they got the most impressive homeless people on the planet. The most impressive. Have you ever, ever seen a homeless person try to sell you two left shoes? Two left shoes. I said, sir, please go on now. Go on. He said, please. Please, let me... Let me show you. I got two, two. You like Jordans? Say, yeah, I like Jordans. He said, try them on. Try on. Try on, you love. You love. Try on. You lay up, you dunk. I see you. <laughs> I said, okay. So I tried his shoes on, and my feet instantly go this way. Knees, everything. I said, sir. He said, yes. <laughs> I said, <laughs> he said, yes. I said, um, these two left shoes. He said, yes, I know. I said, what am I going to do with two left shoes? His answer was so cold-blooded. He said, I tell you what. You wear them until they feel right. I said, well, since you put it like that, give me two pairs. <laughs> then I get back home. I'm trying to find a church home, and it's just signs that let you know that you should. You can't go to everybody's church. You got to go on call that how it is. You can't go to everybody's church. You cannot. And here's a one. I went to this church, and I knew I was in the wrong place. When you pull up to a church, and the pastor is out there fist fighting the members, You definitely at the wrong church. I passed by, I said, excuse me. I said, are you the pastor? He said, yeah, come on in here and get a blessing. I said, are you knocking them out or what? <laughs> I don't need that. And then I, I've been baptized. Y'all give it up for me. I just got baptized. <laughs> for the third time. <laughs> Some of y'all missing y'all anointed. Y'all got to get baptized three times. One for the Father, 
one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. The reason why I got baptized three times, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. The pastor that was baptizing me, he stuttered. And he could not get through it. He was like, Andorra, 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 Andorra. <laughs> I don't know who Andorra is. <laughs> you ever heard this at a, at a black church? Andorra. Like, who is Andorra? <laughs> you putting Andorra before Jesus? <laughs> Andorra. I say, man, look, if you go keep stuttering, you need to write that down, give it to the deacon, give me out this water. I was in that water for three days. Say, my anointing still ain't kicked in. What a piano player. Where you at? Hey, come here. I need you just for a second. Yes. That's right. Call on him. This is Jesus' day. Y'all know Jesus is a Capricorn. <laughs> and Aries. <laughs> Y'all <laughs> better give it up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know my Jesus. I tell you that. <laughs> my Jesus got up. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. Um, have you ever been to Joe Osteen's church? Anybody? Y'all never been? Please go. Please go. I've never been to a church where everybody's happy. Everybody happy. Every. Every, I mean, they happy to park cars. They happy to do, I mean, it was storming. And they were still out there parking cars. Can you Cars. Could you imagine that at a Baptist church? And it's raining. They inside. Come on, park over there. Park over there. Over there. Over there. Ooh, they don't listen to nothing. <laughs> Just go do what they want to do. <laughs> but Joel Osteen, I love him because he got 15,000 members and don't yell once. But a black Baptist pastor, he can have five members and go scream to the top of his lungs about Jesus. Now, Joel Osteen, he's, he's cold-blooded because he always talk about Victoria. Him and Victoria, Victoria and I, that's what it is. Victoria and I. And it always goes something smooth like, this is my Bible. It is what it says I am. Then he go into a deep story. Victoria and I. We're out shopping for shoes. For shoes. Victoria saw the last pair of shoes. And she said, honey, can I have those shoes? I said, Victoria, you can have whatever you like. <laughs> Victoria started running for the last pair of shoes. All of a sudden, another customer seen the same pair of shoes. All of a sudden, the customer knocked Victoria to the ground. I stood over my wife. I said, don't get upset. Just smile. Another time. 
<laughs> Another time, me and Victoria was out pumping gas, doing our daily chores, as we do as a family all the time. Victoria was pumping gas. I was inside ministering to the cashier. I looked out to the car. All of a sudden, I saw someone put a gun to Victoria's head. I walked outside. I said, Victoria, don't get upset. Just smile. <laughs> now, let that be a black Baptist pastor. Go go totally different. Give me some of that thunder Baptist that come on, give it to me. Uh. Yes, sir. Come on. And a rub. <laughs> Me and my wife was out shopping for a brand new pair of shoes. I took her to the best shoe store known to man. I took her down to City Trends. to City Trends. Tamika saw the last pair of shoes. Tamika began to run to the last pair of shoes. All of a sudden, a, a hood rat. <laughs> All of a sudden, a hood rat knocked Tamika to the ground. I looked at my baby Next thing you know, my baby got up and began to bob and weave. <laughs> she squared off against the hood rat. The hood rat swung with a left. My baby ducked, came back up and began to bob and weave. <laughs> Next thing you know, Tamika swung with a one-two combo. Pow, pow, down goes the hood rat. Down goes the hood rat. Let me hear you. Down goes the hood rat. Down goes the hood rat. <laughs> y'all gonna have these people in these hotel trying to kick y'all out. <laughs> they gonna say they went from Jesus to Al Green. <laughs> and then I like, I love FOC, man. I'm telling you. Every time I talk about FOC, don't nobody praise and worship like y'all. Hey, Joe, I promise you that. Y'all worship to Jesus. Y'all will worship to Jesus come back. I love it. Other churches, they got to put on a show, lights, cameras, action. Y'all real. That's what I love. I love about FOC. I go to different churches. Oh, Lord. They just got to put on a front. I'd be like, dude, they got angels flying across the thing. 
what is all that? The thunder is roaring. The background changed from red. Like they in, I'd be like, hey, 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 I don't need all that theatrical. <laughs> but uh, again, my name is Nate Williams. I want y'all to uh, recognize that um, you're standing in front of someone who's almost somebody. <laughs> I've been doing comedy for quite some time now. That's how the Baptist priest is going. I've been doing comedy for quite some time now. Uh, approximately three years and a half, constantly doing comedy. But God has took my career to a whole different level. What do you mean? That's how I pass out. <laughs> I know what you're saying. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, basically, God has put me in a position where Reverend Do No Wrong is getting presented to Tyler Perry. Oh, yeah. I'm almost somebody now. So, also, I will be the first gospel comedian on the Bobby Jones Gospel Show. Also, God has taken me to L.A. where I'm going to film again for another comedy segment. God is really changing my life. And the people around me, too. Because these people, who was at uh, my tape in January the 31st? What? Hey, Nitra. Who else? Hey, Nitra Mama. <laughs> See, that tape is going to Netflix. So when I go to L.A., y'all, y'all better start clapping. <laughs> and like y'all hear this stuff every day. Y'all don't hear this every day. <laughs> So God has taken my career. He's just taking it. He's just taking it over, man. I just gave it to him, and I've been obedient to His word. I've been just sticking to myself, and all of a sudden, I sit back and look, and all the friends I thought I had and started disappearing left and right. And I'm like, that ain't nothing but God, nothing but God. So I just want y'all to continue to pray for me. I love prayer because prayer is free, and <laughs> so anybody tell me to pray for him, I got you. Not a problem. <laughs> Pray for me. I get, you got it. <laughs> Prayer don't cost nothing. So, uh, uh, so y'all continue to pray for me. Thank you, piano player. You did a fantastic job on them keys for five seconds. You play keys and sing. That is impressive. You need to put out an album called The Heavenly Clouds or something. You need to do something. <laughs> well, you playing and singing. Do something. So uh, y'all continue to pray for me. Thank y'all for having me. Um, y'all enjoy the rest of the, what, what's going on there? Okay, you'll take up. Okay, because I was going to go in. Well, next we're going. I'm like, hey, we got to kick him out. Uh, but uh, thank y'all, and God bless y'all, and y'all make sure y'all get home safe. Come on, put your hands together one more time for Nate Williams. We appreciate him being here. Just to clear up the record, that is not his girlfriend in the back. He does not have a wife. I have been a consistent tither, and my wife don't steal calls. <laughs> Just to clear that up, amen. Listen, our praise team is going to come back, and after they get finished, I'm going to come. I'm going to share a short word with you, and then we're going to take communion together. And we're going to bless you and let you go home, amen. God bless you. Amen. Are you having a good time? Are you enjoying the Lord this morning? 
Come on, don't let your energy die down. Come on and just bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Shout, I'm free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Come on, clap your hands like this. Sing a little louder than before. Oh, I want to jump higher than before. I want to shout louder than before. Somebody say, Freedom! 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 Before. I want to sing a little louder than before. Oh, I want to spin wilder than before. I want to shout louder than before. Somebody say, Hallelujah. We bless you in this place. We love you, Lord. We love you. 
me go We're gonna jump, 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 jump in the river Jump, jump, freedom, freedom, freedom Freedom, freedom, freedom Concerning our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as I said earlier, it's such a, an honor for me to, to be living in what God has called me to on this day and time. And so I appreciate each and every one of you. As you know, this is our Easter Sunday, but it's also uh, our official launch service as well. Amen. And so we've got some things we're going to do to honor those members who are going to be charter members. But I want to take just a moment and for those that are here and you have decided that you want to be a part of this launch, I just want to recognize you. If you would just stand to your feet just real quick, I don't want to call out everybody's names. Just go ahead and stand to your feet real quick. I just want to put our hands together. I want to clap and praise God for you. Amen. Because without you, there would be no us. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. I honor you. I appreciate you. I look around the room, and I see you, and I appreciate and honor uh, the fact that you have heard God about this being not, again, it's not my ministry, it's not Pastor Sean's ministry, it's our ministry, and it's what God has called us to do, and, and there's no greater people in the world that I would love to do this with than you, and so I recognize you today, we'll do some other things to really honor you as we go forward, but I want to appreciate you, and I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, I love you, and God bless you all, you may be seated. For all of our visitors that are here, I thank you for coming out. I know that there are a million other places you could have worshipped this morning, so I appreciate you being here. At the end of the day, it's really not about me. It's not about my wife. It's not about you. It really is about Jesus. And I love being with people who recognize that it's all about Jesus. And it's about what he did for us. And so I'm going to take a few moments this morning 
And I just want to share with you. I'm actually going to come down here. I don't like being up on the podium. And I just want to talk to you about, about something that God dropped in my heart. When I began to ask him what I was going to share on today, I, didn't want, I knew we had several things going on. And I didn't want all that to happen and then try to, try to share a full message with you. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what, what can I share in just a few minutes that gets the point across of what you've called FOC to do and what you called us to be? And one of the things that we've been talking about in our church is that God did not call us to be average. And in fact, I'll submit to you that God didn't call any believer to be average. But we don't have a lot of control about what happens in other places, and so we concentrate on what God has told us as a people to do. And so God has told us that it is not our job to be average. In fact, the Bible tells us on many occasions, it says things like this. It says that we can do all things through Christ. The Bible says things like this. All things work together for our good, who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. The Bible tells us things like this. It says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so God reminds us time and time again that there is an advantage that we're supposed to have as believers. Anybody believe that? And so this morning I want to talk to you just a moment about the supernatural advantage that we receive from the resurrection. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor this. Say, neighbor. Say, I have a supernatural advantage at work in my life. Now, you ought to give God some praise for that, amen? You have a supernatural advantage at work in your life if you are a born-again believer. One of the things that I started thinking about is that what Jesus did for us was an incredible thing. It was a monumentous thing because one of the things that Jesus said when he was on the cross, the Bible says that as he gave up the ghost, he uttered these words, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, what he was really saying is that I'm passing the torch to you. He said, really what I'm doing is I'm giving you the opportunity to live out the life you were called to live before Adam ever messed up. In other words, he said, he said, Adam represented the first son of God. He said, and I'm going to represent the last son of God. And you're not going to be after Adam, but you're going to be after me. And the Bible says that in every situation Jesus found himself in, he was always at the advantage. And the Bible says to me, in the Bible, when we, when we read it, there are certain things that sometimes we glaze over if we're not careful. I want to read just a couple of scriptures to you this morning. And one of them comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 14. And I thought about this when, when, when the kids were, were doing their dance. One of, the, one of the things they did to dance to, they were shaking their hands and saying, no more condemnation. And how many of you know that once Christ died for you and that when he rose again, that any condemnation you live under is because the enemy is whispering to you? The Bible tells us that when you and I are born again, that God did not just save us from the sins we had committed. The Bible says he saved us from the sins we had committed, the sins we are committing, and those that we will commit. And the Bible says that it was his righteousness that came upon us through the blood of Jesus Christ so that even when we blow it, we still have relationship. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. You might as well, might as well understand, understand that there will be, there will be a, time a time where you blow it. Where you blow Say, but don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. 
because God still loves you. That is what the resurrection story is all about. It's about the fact that God says that when we were born again, that we were born of an immutable seed. He says that, that, that literally, he says that you and I was born of a seed that cannot be corrupted. Amen. Here is what religion will tell you. Religion will tell you that when you get saved, God cleans you up. But that when you mess up, you get just as dirty as you used to be. But the blood of Jesus says that when God cleans you up and you mess up, your mess up can't stick to you. That is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's what gives you the advantage over the non-believer. Because when the non-believer messes up, everything they mess up sticks to them. And they carry it with them everywhere they go. But when you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, when you submit your life, when you cry out to God, I am yours, I belong to you, what it says to the devil is, don't you touch them ever again. And, then, and, and you got to understand that when we mess up, God is waiting on us to acknowledge that that's not us anymore. The only reason that we mess up and we keep holding on to it is because we identify with the mess up. But we sung the song this morning that says, I'm his, not his. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I am not the sum total of my mistakes. Say, I am his. Somebody ought to give God some praise this morning. I may mess up, I may blow it, I may not get it right, but as long as my heart is palatable to the word of God, he is always there waiting and working on me to get better and better and better. Amen? The Bible says this in the book of Amos. I said I was going to read some from Romans, so let me read this. Romans 8 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. Now, here's what you need to understand. When we talk about being a son of God, that word son is a relationship term. I, my key, I have five children. I have two boys. They are my sons. And anytime I say son in my home, both of them reply. Because they both understand the relationship they have with the father. So whenever you call out to God, he's never too busy with his other children not to acknowledge you. Because he understands the relationship. That's why it doesn't matter what you in. If you call out to God, he'll always hear you. I used to be perplexed when I read the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms said the children of Israel, watch this, it says they got delivered out of all of their sins. It said, and God delivered them out of their sin, and when things were going good, they ran back to where they used to be in sin. And the Bible says they called out to God again, and he delivered them out of all of their sin. And if you read that, you see that series happening over and over again. In my righteous indignation, I used to say, well, I don't know why God keeps going back to get them if they're just going to keep messing up. How many know you done messed up and went back to what you came into? And I used to say, God, why don't you go back and get them? He said, because I loved them the second time just like I loved them the first time. He said, I loved them the third time the same way I loved them the first time. He said, I don't care if I got to get them 50 times. My love doesn't diminish for them. See, we deal with people from a human standpoint. I'll save you the first time because maybe you didn't know. They even make songs about it. Fool me once, shame on you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I ain't talking, you know, they make songs about it. 
fool me twice, three times, you know, chop all that. You know, they make like, songs about it. But the reality of it is, is that God is not like man. God is not waiting on you and I to mess up so he can throw us away. In fact, the Bible says that God created paths for us, which means that God, God lined out your life before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. He knew every potential detour. He knew every potential pitfall. He knew every mistake you could make. And what he did before you ever hit planet Earth was to make a way so that you could get out of that situation. That's the reason you don't have to live your life terrified that somehow God has an easy button that he's waiting to push and send you to hell. If God wanted to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, if God wanted to get you, he'd have got you way before now. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, come on. See, some of y'all just had a flashback. You were like, oh, God. Yeah, he could have got you then. 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 But the fact of the matter is God's never been out to get us. He's always been for us. It's why the Bible says that while we were yet in our sins, God was showing his love toward us. God was warring for you and I to be in the kingdom of God so that he could love on us. And so on days like today, I think we have to pause and we have to say, you know what? I know I live my life. I know things are great. You know, things are wonderful. But the fact of the matter is I owe all of this to God. Everything I have, and and watch this, there's some stuff you don't have, you ought to give God praise for. Because there's some, if you want to be real, there's some stuff in your life you prayed for, and it didn't come to pass, and you lived a little bit longer, and you saw why it didn't come to pass, and some of y'all ought to take off and just give God a crazy shout of praise. If God had let you date that joker, you'd have lost your mind. If God had let you marry her, you'd have lost all your income. There are some things that you better be glad God didn't let come into your life. It's just some stuff you better be glad God didn't allow to happen. Why? Because God's never been against us. He's always been for us. And so you got to learn that even when things don't go the way you had planned them, that if you are a child of God, it's a reason to give God praise because he may know more about the situation that you could ever know. And so on a day like today, today is our resurrection day. And whenever, whenever, whenever we have a resurrection Sunday, it is a time to pause. It is a time to stop. The Bible says this. It says that there's coming a time, and I believe it's coming quickly, that there's coming a time that God's going to send forth, the Bible says, a famine in the land. He says, not a famine of food, not a famine of water, but a famine for hearing the word of God. And I believe that Northwest Arkansas is getting ready to experience a famine for the word like never before. And I believe that God is calling not just FOC, but there there are groups of people in Northwest Arkansas who are saying, you know what, we can't just continue to do church as usual. We've got we've to understand that God has a place, not just on Sunday, but God has a place in our lives on Monday, yes. on Tuesday, yes. on Wednesday, all throughout the week. God has a personal place in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to give my life to God and let him have every day of the week. Amen? Yes. And so this morning, one of the things we get to do as a family, and then we're going to dismiss, is we get the opportunity to partake uh, of, of what we call communion, but it's really known as the Passover. 
It's really known as the Passover. We call it communion because it's our opportunity to, com to commune the Passover remembrance. But one of the things that I always talk about when I, when I begin to talk about communion is this, is that you and I have been grafted into the body of Christ. And because we've been grafted into the body of Christ, then you and I have the same rights and the same privileges as those people who were living during the first Passover. Amen. What happened during the first Passover? The Bible says that they were in slavery. They was in bondage. They was in slavery and bondage to a man, but how many know people still live in slavery and bondage? Maybe not to a man, but to addictions. Maybe to their thoughts, maybe to their finances. They're still living in bondage. And the Bible says that God sent forth an angel to come and get them out of bondage. And he gave us a symbol of Christ to come. He says, take a lamb. How many know that Christ is the lamb of God? He says, take the lamb and slaughter the lamb. He says, and take his blood. He said, now I want you to dip it with a branch of hyssop, and I want you to put it around the doorpost. He said, and when you put it around the doorpost, when destruction comes, destruction is going to come for everybody. He said, but the issue will be is destruction can't get where the blood is. He said, so take it. He said, close yourself up, and no matter what, don't come out of the house until the morning. And the Bible says that when the death angel came, it killed every first except for those who were covered in the blood. When he began to talk about the firstborn, a lot of times we think about just children. But when he talked that he was talking about us. We are firstborn children of the Son of God. He says that when you're covered in the blood, no matter what destruction comes, it can't stay at your house. And so when you and I get to celebrate communion, it's not just thinking about what Jesus did because they celebrated communion well before, they celebrated the Passover well before Jesus showed up. Jesus was doing what you and I was doing, which was commemorating the Passover. Then Jesus said, now that was the beginning of their old covenant. He says, but now I'm going to give you, he didn't, say a, he didn't say another covenant, he said a better covenant. See, it used to be that every so often they would have to go out and slaughter animals and ask for forgiveness of sins. He said, we're going to do away with all that. I'm going to be the final sacrifice for every sin known to man. He said, and once I go on the cross, and once you get covered in my blood, sin will never be an issue again. Sin is the issue for renew our minds. We become sin conscious. We think about sin. We, we focus on sin. We run people away from church because of sin. When Jesus says, I am the sacrifice of sin. And so when you and I get to take communion, what we're doing on today is we're saying, God, we're just taking a moment to say we thank you for sending your son Jesus to be the final payment for every sin I've ever committed, I will commit, or I, or I may commit in the future. I thank you that sin in my life is a done issue. In fact, it is what Jesus said, it, sin, is finished. And so we're going to get ready. We're going to take communion together. And I want you to understand when we take communion together, it's not a somber occasion. It's not a time to be sad. It's a time to be glad. Amen? Any born-again believers in here? Any victorious people in here? Any winners in here? Any champions in the place? Well, then we're going to get ready and we're going to take communion together. And the Bible says this. It says that after they, ate, after they ate the bread, which represented his body, and after they drank of the wine, that represented his blood, 
The Bible says there's one thing that I think is so important. It said, and they made merry. In other words, after they said, Jesus, we hate the way they killed you. They said, Jesus, we love the way you got up. And they spent the rest of that time focusing on what happened after the resurrection prior to what happened before. Amen? Anybody ready to focus on what happened after the resurrection? Well, come on and stand to your feet and give the Lord some praise this morning then. I'm going to ask if we would, if, you, if those who have our children, we let our children take communion. Our children take communion. They're going to come back in and they can come with their parents if they like. Amen? Because here's what we believe. We believe that taking communion ought to be a family affair. Amen? Amen. The Bible says you raise your children up, you teach them in the admonition of the Lord. It says when they're old, those ways won't depart from them. Amen? So I'm going to ask if our, the people who are assisting me this morning, our, our, I believe it's Miss Kathleen and Miss Jennifer, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some... Uh, they are in a self-contained packet. We're going to start from the back when we come. I'm going to ask you to come around just like we did when we gave our offering. I'm going to ask you to receive one of these and return to your seat. Once everyone has been served, hey, baby, once everyone has been served, then at that time, we're going to eat and drink together. Amen? He's going to continue to play a little bit. I'm going to ask those of you on the very last rows if you will face out. And if you would just come around and get your communion um, from, from the basket. We'll just start right now if you'll come. Those on this side, if you'll start in the back and just come around, come on up this way. We're going to take communion together as one of, our, one of our first acts that we do as a church family in Northwest Arkansas. Amen? Amen. While they're doing that, I, I would be remiss if I forgot this. They said before you leave, they want people to go to the photo booths and take pictures uh, they want you to hashtag it, hashtag FOC, or have, hashtag Prevailing Church. Uh, there is a candy bar outside. Don't rush out there yet. But as soon as we finish, there is a candy bar outside. We, we know it's Easter. and Take some candy with you. Praise God. Good to see you. You guys look so great this morning. Wonderful looking people. Is there anybody who wasn't able to walk and you need to be served? We want to make sure everybody has an opportunity. 
you get one? All right, so here at this time, what I'm going to ask you to do, if you can find the little label at the top, you can undo that so that you can receive the uh, communion bread. For those of you who was with us on last week, you see you've been upgraded. <laughs> last week's wafer wasn't that good, amen. So we, we had to find a new product, praise God. So we upgraded you on the wafer, amen. So the Bible says this. The Bible says that when Jesus was with his disciples on that final night, when he knew he was about to be crucified, he sat with them and he said to them, he said, take this. He said, this bread, he said, it represents my body that has been broken for you. One of the things we talked about on last week is how the Bible says that they gave Jesus 40 stripes minus one. Well, in other words, the Bible says they gave him 39 stripes. And we said that scientists and doctors will tell you that so far they have discovered that it doesn't matter what the sickness or illness is, there are 39 root causes to every disease known to man. In other words, Jesus says that he bore a stripe for every sickness and disease that mankind would ever have, and that by his stripes we are healed. And so he said to his disciples, he said, take, this is the bread. He said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. He said, because this is, this is the bread that represents my body. So let's take and let's eat. He then said to them, he said, take and drink. He said, this wine represents the blood that has been shed for you for the remediation of your sins. And so he took and he asked him to drink. So take and drink at this time. I want to give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you would, just take your, um, take your remnants of, of your communion, pass it down to your left on this side and to your right on that side, and they're going to just put them in the basket. They'll take them for you. Here we go. If you're on this side, this is your right. On this side, it's your left. You'll pass them down. They'll take care of it. We have one more thing we want to do before we dismiss. Just one more thing we want to do before we dismiss. We, could, we, we, we would be in error if we did not offer this opportunity to you. And that is an opportunity for you to make a commitment to know Jesus Christ. We don't take for granted that everyone who comes to church has made that commitment. So I'm going to ask you at this time, if you would, to just close your eyes real quick, just real quick. And if you confession of Christ, you've never said, Lord, I want you to be the head of my life, and I'm asking you to forgive me for all of my sins. If you've never done that and you want to do that today, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. You don't even have to walk up here and shake my hand. Standing right where you are, you can make that commitment. You can lift up your hand and put it right back down. If you've never made that commitment, you can lift up your hand, put it right back down. And I'm telling you, I am telling you that when you do it, God knows what's in your heart. We'll pray the prayer of salvation with you and, and, and I'm telling you, that once you do that, you're as saved as you're ever going to be. Now, it may take some time for you to do some development of your soul, but you're as saved as you'll ever be. But soul development is a process. That's why you go to a, that's why you go to a word church, a church that teaches you about the word of God, teaches you how to apply the word of God to your life. I saw a couple of hands, and so here's what I want to do. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, if you never ask, if you never ask, then people don't always know to make the commitment. 
So here's what I want you to do, and we'll do it together. Just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, Father say, I thank you, I thank you for, being my savior. for being my Savior. Say, I repent, I repent of, all of, my sins. of all of my sins. I place them, I place them under, the blood under the blood of your Son, of your son Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ. I ask you, I ask you to, come into my life to come into my life and to save me, and save me. Right, now. right now. I thank you, I thank you that even as I pray, it is being done, is being done. In, my life in my life right now. Right now. I, thank you I thank you for Jesus, for Jesus. Shed, blood. shed blood, and I thank you, I thank you. for the prompting, for the prompting of, the of the Holy Spirit to cause me to, cause to, ask, him to ask him to come into my life. Into my life. I, believe I believe that I receive, that I receive complete, complete salvation, salvation right, now right now in Jesus' name. Now, you ought to come on and give God some praise. Three people just gave their life to Christ. Three people just gave their life to Christ today. That makes everything we did worth it. That makes everything we did worth it. Listen, I'm telling you, the best thing you can do after you've given your life to Christ is to not then go away and stay away. The best thing you can do after you've made a commitment to Christ is to find you a good church. This is one, but if it doesn't fit for you, find you a good Bible teaching church. Find you a church that's going to do more than make you think you got to get saved every week. You don't have to ever get saved again. You need to get developed, but what Christ did for you today is a finished work. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. The Bible says that mankind is a tripartite being, that he consists of spirit, he consists of body, and he consists of his soul. Your spirit man, that part of you that has always existed and that will always exist, just got sealed in the blood of Jesus. It is impenetrable. Sin can't touch it. Now what we need to do is we need to work on the other two parts of you. But what we have learned is that if you develop your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect, if you will develop that part of you, your body will follow. So if you begin to get in your mind and says, I'm not going to get involved in that, in that mischief anymore, even if your body desires it, it can't go if your spirit says no and your soul says no. Your body becomes subject to you. That's why the Bible tells us to crucify this flesh every day. So I thank God for the three of you that gave your life to Christ. I'm more excited about that than I am about the launch of the church. More excited about that than I am the launch of the church. Because what I know is that what God does, he does forever. What God does, he does forever. And that you are born again, you are saved, and that on this morning, because we were all obedient to God, three people got snatched out of hell. And I'm glad about it, amen? I'm glad about it. Listen, we love you. Thank you for coming out. We're going to dismiss you. I'm going to ask you that if you have questions, uh, we'll be here. We'll hang around. You got something you want? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First of all, we thank God for everybody that came out today to uh, help us celebrate. Um, we.
It's a lot of stuff that you put up with us, frustration, happiness, everything, that the, the emotion that you go through. Um.